Welcome to episode 21 of the Seeking the Military Suicide Solution podcast brought to you by the Military Times. I'm Dwayne France. And I'm Doc Shauna Springer. And we'd like to thank you for taking the time to learn more about suicide in the military-affiliated population. To check out the show, you can find it at veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash STMSS. Thanks again to everybody for joining us to listen to an honest conversation about service member veteran and military family suicide. There's a lot of things that people are doing when it comes to suicide prevention, and some of those are new and interesting ways to make a difference. Today's guest is part of an organization that is using technology to make that difference. Shauna? Betsy Mercado's life reflects the arc of post-traumatic growth after traumatic loss. Starting with the loss of her cousin and several friends in high school to suicide, she has lost more friends to suicide than to any other cause of death. And these losses have compelled her to take action with an ambitious plan to address suicide in the military and veteran communities. Betsy is a military wife who has run several family readiness groups. Along with some of our other guests, she has a spirit of what I call a warrior wife. A warrior wife is someone who is fueled by a deep call to the service, who moves through life with purpose and courage. As the co-founder and executive director of Objective Zero, her vision is to deploy technology to create a community of frontline emotional responders peer supporters called Objective Zero Ambassadors, who stand ready to respond to veterans who are in crisis. The approach taken by Betsy and her team at Objective Zero is innovative and well thought out. With the characteristic blend of curiosity and insight, our host, Dwayne France, explores how the work of Objective Zero can help us move forward in this episode of Seeking the Military Suicide Solution. Yes, I think Objective Zero is a great example of people that are using some innovative approaches to do this. And it's also coming from a place of lived experience of the, the origin story, let's say, of Objective Zero is one of desperation in that it was one veteran trying to save the life of another. So really look forward to sharing this conversation with you. We'll come back afterwards to pull out some of the key points. I'm a huge fan of Objective Zero and the work that you're doing. And now that you're in your third year of providing peer support through technology, specifically suicide prevention, what kind of things are you seeing that's working from your frame of reference in suicide prevention? That's a fantastic question. We're really seeing those connections. What sets us apart from other organizations is when users download the Objective Zero app, they have the ability to filter through our ambassador network. And that's based on their age, their gender, location, the branch of military that they've served in, their job or where they've deployed to. And so we're really seeing that our users are using that filtering option to connect to someone that's most like them and using that peer support to build those meaningful connections and kind of a common relationship right from the start of the conversation. That's interesting and definitely not bashing the veteran crisis line, but you get who you get, right? Any crisis support line, just like a 911 operator, you get whoever answers the phone. And while they are trained and effective, they're not specialized the way that users are self-selecting others that are similar to them with the Objective Zero app. 
That's absolutely right. And and that's what I think technology can really help with is you call or you text, you, like you said, you get whoever you get. And so our you know, our founding story with, with Justin Miller and Chris Mercado, they had served together. Justin had been struggling after transitioning out of the military and Chris didn't have that mental health professional background. He saw over social media that Justin was struggling, but he knew to ask, are you thinking about hurting yourself? Are you thinking about suicide? And Justin kind of laughed at him and said, had my gun been loaded, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. And so that initial conversation between Justin and Chris really sparked that idea, how those bonds can be created and having that understanding of what's going on in each other's lives. They deployed at the same location. They were both infantrymen. And so I think that's what really sparked the idea for having that more personalized opportunity to connect with someone. Again, and we talked about emerging things coming out, but this idea of shared experience and shared background knowledge, right? You know, it's, this is someone who has similar experiences, knows the same things, possibly a shortcut to trust? Absolutely. I think uh, one of your uh, previous guests had said, you know, veterans trust each other so much. They, they understand what it's like to go through training, be separated from your family, your loved ones. And so that, that trust is not automatically always there, but I think there's a higher level of understanding one another from the get-go. So, and, and this is something that we've touched on, I think, in previous episodes, but why is peer support so critical to have as a component when it comes to suicide prevention? That's a, that's a really phenomenal question. You, when you think about it, I'm not in the military, I'm a military spouse, but I was affected by suicide when I was in high school. And I think that question's always there, what could I have done? You know, what signs was I missing with a friend and loved ones? And offering that support when someone needs it, I think is so powerful. And who can best relate to what you're going through than a peer? Those social connections are so strong. Just that shared lived experience, whether it is a deployment, whether it's military sexual trauma, I think really speaks to the importance of being able to relate to one another and, and empathize and, and truly understand what someone else is going through. Is it possible, and we're in this, and as you had mentioned before, where technology, we can sort of filter out and create our own contrived world, right? Where we're only hearing things from people that sound like us and seeing things from people that talk like us. Have you seen with Objective Zero where that kind of self-selecting segmentation has been problematic in some way or not? To date, we have not. Um, we've had a couple of users that were kind of belligerent and we were able to kind of tackle that problem immediately because we're able to see the conversations through text. But when someone's reaching out for support and someone's offering to give that support, that, that opening non-judgmental environment, I think is what's really where people want to be. They want that safe space to be able to really share what they're going through without that fear of judgment and what's going on. And I think back to your story between Chris and Justin, but judgment is a barrier or perceived judgment. If someone who is struggling with thoughts of self-harm, that perceived judgment is something that would keep them from reaching out for help. And if, if Justin had thought that Chris would judge him negatively in some way, he wouldn't have been open with him. Right. That's absolutely correct. You know, and I think that that's where that trust comes in. You know, our, our volunteers are there to help. They, they want to be there. They're ready. And so you know, our users are coming into an environment where you know, our peer supporters understand 
the, the issues that they may be dealing with, whether it is something that's related to the military, whether it's childhood trauma, we're seeing that oftentimes with service members and veterans, their issues with like being in crisis may not have anything to do with being in the military, stemming from something when you know they were a child or something outside, maybe it's after the military, maybe it's that financial shock or that relationship sh shock. And so just having someone there just to kind of listen to what you're going through and you know, just being there, I think is so incredibly powerful. And you've mentioned your ambassadors a, a couple of times, and, and that's really what the platform of Objective Zero was built on is the goodwill of others and the willingness to volunteer as you said, when someone reaches out for support, if someone knocks on the door, we have to have somebody answer that door, right? Or else people are just going to stop knocking. But another thing that's very important for Objective Zero is you just don't hand somebody uh, a phone and say, go support somebody. You ensure that your ambassadors, whether they have lived experience in the military or not, are trained specifically to address some of these issues. That's right. So we worked with the VA. We've worked with PsychArmor Institute to provide a, a host of evidence-based and informed training for our users. So we have the baseline training of the Operation Save. We're working with PsychArmor to provide Columbia-scale training, how to speak to someone that might be in crisis, how to coach them into care, understanding some of those issues, those invisible wounds, whether it's moral injury, post-traumatic stress, stuff that doesn't show on the outside. And so really getting an understanding of the issues that our veterans and military population are facing, how to talk to them, how to get them connected to the right resources. We see Objective Zero, we're an upstream approach from traditional crisis lines and text lines. The Veterans Crisis Line exists. They have an amazing staff. They're, they're equipped to deal with those crisis situations where we're working to kind of thread that crisis, get people connected to whatever resource they need. And it might just be a listening ear. It may be finding um, a crisis response plan, filling that training plan out so that they know to identify those triggers and what they can do, resources that are available to them, whether it's reaching out to their counselor, their psychologist, the veterans crisis line. So kind of being that first barrier to someone going down that spiral is what we're really focused on. And, and this is something that we've seen in the, maybe the peer support space is simply wanting to help is not enough, right? And saying, I want to stop someone from taking their own life or, or even more generally, I want to help a veteran because I love vets. That's not enough. There needs to be that training specifically. I mean, it's not like me as a mental health professional says, this is my thing and nobody else can do it. But, but this isn't giving somebody directions to the bus station, I guess. Absolutely. I think we come from the perspective that we can all do something. You don't have to be that mental health professional in order to, to be there, to listen, and to direct someone to, to the appropriate resource. And so there are times where mental health professionals are needed. And so being able to share the resources of Given Hour, the Veterans Crisis Line, Cohen Veterans Network, Headstrong. So if there is someone that really needs that professional support, we can get them connected to, to that appropriate resource. And, and so the idea of technology, this is you are a technology-based platform. You're using the technology in new and, and innovative ways. And this is something that I, I, I think it was Shauna who had said that our technology is advancing quicker than our ability to manage that technology. And so Objective Zero was using technology for suicide prevention specifically in new and interesting ways. Why do you think that's important? 
I think you need to be able to reach people where they are. We see increased suicide rates in people that are in rural areas. Um, they may not have access to VA services right where they are. They may not have access to uh, the resources that someone might have in a larger city. They're isolated just because of their location. And so with technology, we can reach people wherever they are. They can reach us wherever they are. We have users in all 50 states and in 23 countries across the globe. So wherever our service members and veterans are, we're also seeing users in those areas. And so you got someone in the middle of the night in, in the United States that's just kind of, they need someone to talk to. You know, we have our supporters in Japan, in Australia, you know, it, all over in Germany that can connect immediately to someone that you know, that's up. Or, you know, so it allows us to have that 24-hour support. And, and you can use it from the comfort of your own home. You don't need to go anywhere. But you're still being able to connect in a way that you may not be able to just because of your location or where you're at. So maybe it'd be helpful to give listeners who I can't imagine anybody who might be listening to this podcast that isn't familiar with Objective Zero, but maybe give listeners sort of an understanding about what the platform is. Absolutely. So with our platform, our users can connect through voice, video, or text message to our network of ambassadors and then use those filtering sections like I had mentioned earlier, or they can connect to just the first person that, that picks up that text or that phone call. They may not care. They just want to talk to someone and talk to them now. And outside of that connection, we also have a variety of resources that our users can access from yoga and meditation to free or low-cost mental health care, just to kind of to provide that support for overall wellness. We understand that you know, peer support and, and resources are just you know, a sliver of, of the solution. And so providing resources that can help with your overall wellness and just different tools and training that can build someone's uh, self-awareness, their own resiliency, uh, right within the app without even having to connect with someone should they choose not to. And so a lot of this is still that person needs to raise their hand and identify themselves as someone that's struggling. Do you find that you might have users maybe lurking for a little bit, sort of warming up to the idea before they reach out to connect with somebody? Absolutely. We're fully aware that if someone is not in the right mental headspace, they may be in crisis, they're not going to have the wherewithal to like search for our app, download it, and then use it right away. And so we're working on building tools and training and, and resources within the app that uh, encourage users to have it downloaded before they actually need it. So we always encourage everyone that we come in contact to, hey, download the app. You may never need it, but it's there if you need it. Or you can you know, share this resource with someone that, that does need it. And so we do find people that you know, have downloaded it, may not use it, and then maybe you know, a couple weeks later, a month down the line, they're able to you know, connect with someone. So we're definitely seeing that. And you're working to make it more accessible. You mentioned that you're working to build a, a web-based platform. Currently, you do have the website itself, but you're, you're working to have the same functionality that you have in the app for online access. That's right. So we're working with uh, Twilio.org to provide uh, a greater platform to be able to reach more within the military community. Uh, you won't be limited to having a smartphone. I think a lot of people would actually prefer maybe to, to interact uh, through using a computer. So having those same resources and technology available just through uh, the web application, I think is really going to help us grow. And that'll be coming out this summer. 
And, and so, and, and maybe this is some vision casting, but what do you see for the future for Objective Zero for technology-based suicide prevention in general? You're sort of on the leading edge of this aspect of addressing and bringing in the suicide solution. What do you see happening in the future? No, that's another really great question. You know, like you had mentioned before, technology is advancing at a speed that we can't always keep up to. And so we really do think that chatbot technology, machine learning, AI really is kind of the future. Being able to kind of take someone's like the app usage or how they're using technology, what they're searching for on the internet with their permission, of course, but kind of taking some of that data and and being able to push resources to someone before they actually need it or preempting their own network to reach out and say, hey, Betsy's struggling right now. Why don't you reach out to her and see how she's doing? We actually think that that's kind of the future where you won't have to be prompted to to reach out. You'll, You'll get that help before you may even realize you need it. And of course, and, and, and you had mentioned it yourself, with people's permission and things like that, there are those privacy concerns, right? This Absolutely. is one of the things when it comes to predictive analytics and AI, and especially with those of us who have may, may have some skepticism when it comes to privacy and things like that. I think that speaks to this idea of technology advancing um, at a different pace than our readiness to use it. No, that's right. That's something that we're very aware of, especially with the veteran users. They're very protective of their identity, of their information. And so that's something that we are very cognizant of. All of our data that we collect is anonymized. We don't know. We're able to separate that. And so we're definitely protecting the data of our users, of our volunteers. But it's something that we're, we're aware of and have some really great lawyers and stuff to make sure that we're, we're, we're doing the right thing and, and following those guidelines and best practices because it really is a concern. And you know, like that trust issue to your users and, and volunteers have to be able to trust that the information and the things they're discussing you know, is private. And so we're always very aware of, of that aspect of technology. Uh, it's great to hear. And I have clients who perhaps we could be conducting sessions through telehealth, but say that they don't want that they don't want a camera in their home or whatever, right? But it's, it's definitely a concern. And I appreciate, and I know that that's what you and the team are really focusing on is to protect privacy. I always say a veteran doesn't need much of a reason to avoid reaching out to seek help. And, and that could be one of the reasons. And so making sure that's there is definitely good. One of the things we're hoping for is moving beyond this awareness. We know the numbers. We know that it's there to actually taking action, like what can we do to, to take action steps? Now, obviously, I'm going to make sure that the link to Objective Zero is in, in the show notes, but when it comes to taking action to prevent suicide, what are some steps that you recommend that people take? There are, just, there are so many things that people can do. I think being aware of of others around us, just being able to connect with others, but being aware of the signs and and knowing to ask those tough questions. Are you thinking about killing yourself? Do you have a plan? I think we can all do a better job of being aware of those around us, knowing those questions to ask and taking the steps to get that person protected, whether it is in person, um, in in their community, uh, on an online platform or on social media we can all play a part in this. You know that you have the VA hashtag be there. We can all be there. And Psych Armor, one of our partners has amazing courses for anyone, you know, whether you're connected to the military community, whether you're a mental health provider, whether you're a civilian, 
to really understand the culture of the military, the issues that they face, and and know how to and learn how to talk to someone about maybe what they're going through and the steps to um, get them connected to the right resource if they need it. And I think that's definitely important. And that connectedness piece, again, in, in some of these episodes, we've talked about protective factors to prevent someone from uh, getting into a suicidal crisis. Connectedness is one of them, and that's exactly what Objective Zero is doing. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been an honor. It's been great catching up with you. This is Doc Springer. My new book, Warrior, is out. I don't always get a book endorsement, but when I do, it's from the world's most interesting man. Hello, my friends. These are difficult times that we are all going through. So many people offer opinions on this COVID-19 situation, what to do, how to cope. So you don't know whose perspective to listen to. I would like to suggest to you a doctor, Dr. Shona Springer. She has worked for years with our warriors. She is extremely insightful and can give you all kinds of good information. I would like to recommend her book. It is called Warrior. It is important. There is information that can do good things for you. So I recommend it. Doc Springer, thank you. The book is called Warrior. Adios, amigos. Good health. Stay well. Stay isolated, but not alone. Adios. Betsy and the Objective Zero team have been friends and, and definitely here they're in their third year, but, but really trying to do something different when it comes to preventing suicide. Yes. In today's episode, we highlighted the app they've developed that links people in crisis to a tribe of emotional first responders. The initiative is informed by leading suicide prevention researchers from the National Center for Veteran Studies. And thought has been given to balancing confidentiality and the ability to move when necessary on active threats to self-harm. Objective Zero has formed strategic partnerships to fill out the full continuum of care for the benefit of those they serve. And Objective Zero gives its ambassadors a potential way to achieve post-traumatic growth as it also helps those in crisis who need to connect to hope. One of the things I like best about this initiative is the recognition that a crisis response plan should be easy to access, requiring little to no complex thought. Being able to access resources with one touch of a button can make the difference between the tragic outcome and saving a life. In my work, I've used the analogy that the suicidal mode is like being in a tunnel of despair. The suicidal mode is often a profoundly altered state of consciousness. It's not rational. Just as we can experience tunnel vision when we're enraged, the suicidal mode is one in which we are mentally fixated on self-destructive thoughts. In this state, it's very hard for people to think strategically and to mentally access options for responding. With a plan in place, though, and one that requires minimal effort to engage, those who are suffering are much more likely to get connected to help. And I know you agree with me on this, Dwayne. We've talked about it before. I do. I use the analogy of being stuck at the bottom of a well, right? So sort of this vertical tunnel where they're not seeing anything but like five feet in front of their face, 
But if they were only to look up, they would see that there is a way out. And objective zero is sort of that rope that is dropped down into the well that gives them that, that way out. You know, that, and again, whatever we look at this tunnel vision or this focus or this, someone who is in the suicidal crisis or even approaching the suicidal crisis, it becomes very immediate and about the here and now. And if we have something at hand that can help us interrupt that immediate urge or that immediate situation and put time between the urge and the act, I think objective zero is a great way to do that. Absolutely. And another thing that that struck me is that there's a soft-spoken but critical story behind the story here. Sometimes we get excited about the potential for technology to improve our lives and how we interact with each other and maybe how we can help address crises. As Duane mentioned, we can use technology in lots of ways. And technology can distance us and make it harder for us to connect. But in the case of Objective Zero's app, technology is used here to facilitate connection. And this mission was born out of a six-hour conversation between Justin Miller and Chris Mercado, Betsy's husband. Often the hardest thing to do when someone is in crisis is to do and say nothing, but rather to listen deeply and bear witness to their pain. In the alchemy of human connection, this is what allows us to release our hidden pain. The story behind the story is that the app does not save people's lives. Brave and caring people save people's lives. The app is a tool that connects veterans with those who will hear their pain. The app does not do the sacred work of helping people connect to hope. That is the work of Objective Zero's ambassadors, those who stand ready to respond when crises arise. The app does not challenge the fundamental lie that drives self-destructive behavior, the lie that somehow others would be better off without us, or that our death is a gift to those we love. Objective Zero's ambassadors do. When we connect, we survive. Technology is a bit like fire. Used in the right way, it can warm us. And under other circumstances, it can be utterly destructive to us. Objective Zero is deploying technology in a smart and life-giving way. And one of the things that's always struck me about Objective Zero is that many of us who served or many of those who work with veterans have had those six-hour conversations, right? Hopefully, thankfully, those six-hour conversations are happening more and more often where people are reaching out and connecting. But what Chris and Betsy and Justin, who who helped co-found the organization, went beyond that six-hour conversation. Once Justin was safe, they're like, now we need to do something. And that's yeah. something that they did was Objective Zero and, and all the work that they've done really over the last three years. And so I think it not only is an example of this is the conversations that are having where one veteran or one individual intervenes in someone's suicidal crisis, but it's also the what next of what do we do? And this is action exemplified. Yeah, it doesn't refer people off to an app to help them manage their emotions. The app is not the thing that saves people. To me, this is technology used in the right place, um, in the right way. It's used as a tool here to really facilitate those conversations that can be life-saving. And those conversations, way more often than not, need to happen between living, breathing human beings who have love and trust with each other. So I think it's, it's a great tool in the arsenal of what we can use to help prevent suicide. 
It is, absolutely. And I was glad to have been able to get them on. And again, Betsy and, and Chris and the Objective Zero team, many of us and many in the community who are working with suicide prevention have known them for a while and understand not just their passion, but also their effectiveness. So really great to be able to highlight them on the show. Appreciate everybody for checking us out. Make sure to look at the show notes at veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash STMSS21. You get the links to everything that we talked about in this episode, as well as on militarytimes.com. As a reminder, you can ask us questions or let us know what you thought about the show by going to our Facebook group, moderated by the outstanding D. James, by going to veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash group. Just a reminder that the guests and reflections on this show are for informational purposes only and should not be considered professional advice. While Dwayne and I are mental health professionals, we are not your mental health professionals. We always recommend that you discuss these things with a licensed clinician. You can find out more about the work that Shauna is doing by checking out her latest book, Beyond the Military, A Leader's Handbook for Warrior Reintegration, and the work that I'm doing with my latest book, Military in the Rearview Mirror. Both are available on Amazon and we'll have links to those in the show notes. And always remember, you can connect with the Veteran Crisis Line by calling 1-800-273-8255 and pressing 1. Chat online with them at veterancrisisline.net or texting 838255. Thanks again for joining us to talk about seeking the military suicide solution. And make sure to follow Military Times on social media to keep up with the latest shows. Join us next time for another great episode. And until then, remember, you're not alone, ever.